Righto, this episode of Life of Mine is brought to you by NTech, the gun mining consultant, primarily based in WA, but also has offices in Vancouver, Toronto, Melbourne. They're spreading like COVID. A great supporter of Life of Mine. Check them out, ntechmining.com.au for all your feasibility studies, mining engineering, resource geology, geotechnical and ventilation needs. Right, first up. Can everyone please follow my Instagram and Twitter pages? They're falling behind on the followers, so just pause this fucking episode right now. Follow at Life of Mind Podcast on Insta and at Life of Mind Potty on Twitter. Right now. Pretty, pretty please. Okay, welcome back to Life of Mind. Maddie Michael here, and we're here to present our new thing. Channel Mind News. I've got the crew from Precision Funds Management, Andy Clayton and Tim Weir on this episode, as the other main man, Tony Kenny, has come down with a bit of the old spicy flu. So, what is Channel Mine News? Well, it is the new go-to mining market update. We talk macro, we talk commodity prices, we talk everything you need to know about the small caps, large caps, the stock market in general. Everything that's been happening, and best of all, it's not boring. We had a bloody great laugh. It's in true life of mine style. I reckon we're on to something here. I'm going to try con them into every fortnight to do this. I don't know if they know that yet, but if you share the shit out of this episode on LinkedIn for us and message Andy Clayton and Tim Weir privately on LinkedIn about how much you bloody love this episode, they'll have no choice but to keep on delivering episode one which is this one we talk inflation interest rates why it's all bloody happened cost pressures on the mining industry dacian putting mountain morgans on hold goldman ballsing up their lithium outlook there and also predicting a bloody steroided future copper price of a hundred thousand bucks a ton challenges of raising money in this new market climate that we've found ourselves in we talk some announcements that come out bloody shitloads sensational start to channel mine news i say so i'm going to stop talking right now let's get bloody into it Welcome, lads. Uh, now I've, I've named it. See what you think. <laughs> the way it's going to be called Channel Mine News. Channel Mine. <laughs> or Channel Nine. Or Channel Channel Mine, Channel Mine News. That's all. M I N E. That was a five-hour trip from from Jerry. That's all I could come up with. <laughs> welcome, but, welcome. The first of Channel Mine News. Uh, introduce <laughs> yourselves. We've got one repeat offender here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Andy Clayton from uh, Precision Funds Management. And um, uh, Tim Weir from Precision also. Sensational, right, lads. Miserable times, I'm sure. And this is the only, uh, it's probably about the 170th podcast on the network this week that talks about inflation and fucking interest rates <laughs> rising and, and everything. So we won't bloody uh, flog, flog the dead horse too much. But the purpose of this, everyone, is... We're going to give you a bit of a regular mining market update, macro, stock specific, who's got no bloody money, yada, yada. This And this is the disclaimer I'll have to give at the start. Not We don't give financial advice. And if someone buys a stock and it goes down because you think I told you, you're a dickhead, don't sue me. <laughs> Do not. So, yeah, that's the, most, that's the life of mine. So, all right, where will we start, lads? We'll go, we, we could talk about a bit of the macro, yeah. as in big. Yep. So what the, the, the thematic you've got at the moment, Matt, is that the uh, as a result of, you know, be it COVID supply restrictions uh, across the world and inflation getting out of control. Obviously, you got the the US Federal Reserve, which was late to the party in raising interest rates, and um, all it was focused on was pumping money into the US economy. And you know, we always refer to the US because that's the one that has the biggest impact on uh, the global economy. So we tend to focus on the US. But as a result, you know, they uh, reacted strongly. Um, albeit too late, and increased rates by three-quarters of a percent. So um, that has really put the shits up the market, um, to put it bluntly, to the point <laughs> where 
Uh, you've now seen the S&P 500 has retracted 22%. And there is now real concerns that these interest rate rises, not just in uh, the US, but everyone else is obviously following suit, uh, will lead to a, a destruction of demand and then hence lead the global economy into recession. So well, you, you've got a position at the moment where um, share markets around the world are reacting to this um, and we've seen a shitload of volatility in the markets as a result. So it's going to be a case of letting this play its way through because month on month the expectation is we're going to get further uh, rises in interest rates, uh, be it uh, half a percent or 75 basis points until such time as the Federal Reserve uh, starts to see inflation declining. Now, on top of that, you've got um, in China, they've got a, a, a zero tolerance po uh, policy to COVID. So still, still do, do they? Yeah. Yep. Well, like, over the weekend, they had like one case and. Um, they basically shut down everything bar the casinos over there. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all they said. They they said they only had ten or so at the start, but the morgues were in overdrive. You can't fucking trust them. Can't trust them fucking bricks. <laughs> no, that's for sure. So it, it it's sort of you know while they've got that policy uh, in place, you, you're going to um, see significant you know supply constraints around the world you know you, you couple all this with the the uh, uh, the war in uh, in the Ukraine and 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 sanctions that have followed and and uh, energy prices and um, so on and so forth and and it's sort of reaching a crescendo where it's it's hard to see where we're going to get a so-called soft landing in the economy it looks like it's going to be a you know, a pretty sharp shudder into a uh, recession, which is, you know, technically two quarters of negative growth, and that could happen sooner rather than later. So in times like this, markets, um, other than just tank like they have, get into a volatile phase. Now, um, I suppose underlining this uh, particular trend at the moment, though, is that we expect this to be a pretty short, sharp cycle. Um, corporate America is still pretty strong, you know, even corporate and, and corporate Australia, although we're a tick on the world's ass, um, you know, we're, <laughs> we're relevant to ourselves. But balance sheets of, uh, of, of Aussie companies are pretty bloody strong. And, you know, you know, you have to look at the BHPs and Rios, the dividends that they've been paying out to shareholders. Um, you know, the corporate world across the globe is pretty robust. So that's why I think, and I was wrong once, but... <laughs> Which was that, GFC? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite pick that one, but <laughs> I, I reckon it's going to be a short and sharp cycle, which we've already seen a, a fair pullback. We'll get a sucker's rally, um, as, you know, you might start to see the impact um, of uh, these interest rate rises take some sort of effect. Uh, but then I reckon you're going to see, you know, demand destruction as a, re a result of these increased interest rates and the world will dip into a pretty sharp recession. But uh, underpinning all of that, I think it will be short and sharp. And, if you know, commodities, bloody hell, you know, it's still, um, you know, there's a lot of demand out there for uh, commodities and Tell me to shut up whenever you want. But, um, <laughs> no, no, I've got, like, I've got 64 gig, mate, so you can talk as much shit as you want on here. Well, as the world, you know, as a result of all this ESG um, uh, pressure that's that's coming on to uh, uh, the new, new age world, uh, the transition of this energy transition away from fossil fuels into renewables and getting us all uh, selling our V8s and driving electric cars is going to require a shitload of fossil fuels to build that. So um, that transition is going to take some time. That's why I think the commodity cycle, although commodities will ta have taken a dip and will take a further dip, I, I expect commodities to be reasonably robust. So for those of us invested in resources, as we are, um, we think it'll be a bumpy ride for a period of time, but underlying uh, demand for uh, uh, commodities will re remain robust.
So I, I, regurgitating what someone else has said, I, yep. I can I can ask heaps of questions that sound smart, but the people know that I haven't <laughs> fucking come up with them myself. <laughs> what do you think? Because this is a, apparently a bit of a different, it will be a different recession because it's supply driven. Yep. Will lifting interest rates have the same effect in a supply driven recession as historical ones, or yep. what's the thoughts there? Okay, so. Because you've got interest rates coming off such a low level, essentially bloody zero. Yeah. Um, hey, on, Switzerland's fucking going into yeah, the that, positives, apparently. Yeah, they, they jumped the gun and put their rates up. But I, I sort of think this is a normalisation of interest rates back to the long-term average. Like, they're forking, forecasting rates of 3.4% in the US by the end of the calendar year. That's not interest rates out of control. That doesn't you know, totally destroy a housing uh, market. Yes, the housing cycle has peaked and and, and will ease further. So it, it, I don't see this as being a uh, an interest rate cycle that is going to absolutely crucify demand. I call this a, a, a normalisation cycle where long-term interest rates will return to normal levels. Now, if this rate rise doesn't have the effect of dampening inflation, um, you know, by year end or into 2023 and, and rates do have to go up further, then yes, shit could really hit the fan mm-hmm. and you could go into a sort of sustained uh, recessionary trend for a period of time and a bear market, you know, for us share market investors. But a, a normal cycle, a normal bear market cycle um is usually no more than 10 to 12 months as far as the market is concerned. And then they're looking to what's going to happen next and where is the next leg of growth coming from. So I, I don't see this as a total shitstorm. I see it as a, as I said before, a, a, a short, sharp cycle. But we're probably, and and I read this is not my words, but um, we could have a period of repetition where we have an up cycle and then dip back into a recession. But, you know, I think you're not going to see these, like from 2008 to 2021, 22, these long growth cycles like we've had in the past, more sort of, you know, perhaps three to five year cycles yeah. r- rather than these longer term ones. Yeah, right. Uh, Andy, you can come back in the room now. <laughs> so you, you can wake me up. Uh. Yeah. Right uh, now. I thought that was pretty riveting myself. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you want to go uh, onto the actual commodity side, old bloody, oh, when was this? Three or four weeks ago. Yeah, Goldman just saying, oh, lithium's fucking shit and done. Like, yeah. Didn't that put a rocket up everything? The, well, what's, yeah. uh, what's the go there? Well, it was quite interesting. So Goldman's put out a note, you know, a big research note saying that uh, their forecast price of lithium carbonate was going to fall from sort of over 50000 bucks a tonne this year to less than sort of $16,000 a tonne in FY in calendar year 23, really on the back of increased lapidolite production in um, from China. And if you remember my lithium uh, podcast, oh, right, lapidolite is uh, downloads riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that lapidolite is very hard to extract economically and I think there's only one small mine that's been in operation. So this was all, it was quite interesting the Goldman's note because it, it was based on the Chinese analysts talking about this massive increase in lapidolite production within yeah. a year's time. So, of course, it, I mean, what it did do was, um, you know, the the equities came off 20%. Um, so your things like Pilgrim Mines and uh, the producers, Alchem, uh, and, and and they came off 20% almost immediately. As, uh, but, but it was probably... Uh, just a good. It's uh, only your fourth, fifth interview, Andy. Yeah. You think you'd know the bloody turn your phone off? Oh, I'm very important. Yeah. <laughs> One of those dodgy. I've, probably the chiropractor crash man after my uh, second eldest had a little accident this morning because he went off the freeway. Oh no! But, uh, no, he's fine. Oh, but, that, um, I was about to ask that. Before, no, no, no. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we're uh, yeah, so. But it was a timely reminder that all these valuations were just getting way too stretched. Like you know, companies that were capitalised at over two billion dollars on a on production, sort of two to three years out, it just gave the market a bit a bit of a reality check. And um, you know, I think of a lot of the retail punters that were buying at these elevated levels um, were in for a short shock. And um, you know, they sort of you know things like Pilbara have gone from three fifty back to sort of two dollars. So yeah, you know, that was one. Um, and of course, when Goldman's put out that uh, forecast then sort of benchmark uh, 
the guys at Benchmark came out and said that was bullshit because they'll never be able to get that production up in time and um, historically they've been very difficult to operate, all those sorts of things, and sort of refuted those claims. Um, and then basically a week later, Goldman said that copper could go to, you know, US $100,000 a tonne. So, um, you know. It isn't also, Andy, like cost inflation of building these mines is you know, escalated to such a level where a lot won't be built oh, of these marginal and, and projects. And paying every prick to work there as well. Like Correct. The, yeah. the wages are just oh, on yeah. the charts. I mean, you're saying the there is no doubt, right, you know, anyone trying to build a project at the moment, like it's it's bloody tough. And you're mm. seeing a lot of those uh, revised capital costs and, and even some of the goals like people like Calidus that have sort of snuck through and done really well and managed to commission in time. Um, but you are seeing some big revisions coming up and you're absolutely right. Some of these marginalised marginal, um, you know, lithium or spodumene projects that require, you know, high elevated prices of probably plus $2,000 a tonne just won't. You know, they're not going to get built, you know, the simplest that. The prices will come off, you know, you'd have to think that the prices have peaked um, for, at least for the short term. Um, and so, you know, people that were relying on the equity markets to fund this just won't, just I just don't think that's going to happen. So, Especially you know, that sort of ha happened earlier up, in the Less month. money getting borrowed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And Andy, uh, you know, in this next round of quarterlies coming out from Aussie gold producers, just to, uh, you Swing know, name a few, yep. I, I can only think we're going to see some, you know, further upside to their all in sustaining costs. Absolutely. Um, towards mid end, end of July. Well, well, we've already seen a bit of confession. So Dacian came out this week talking about that they're going to be suspending. Shut it down. Yeah, I was about to ask that. I was going to put my hand up. Oh, there we go. A, que a question, you, you, Mr. Clayton. You were one of those blokes at the front of the class, weren't you? Yeah, son, <laughs> sucker. Yeah, nerd. Massive nerd. Um, <laughs> Just get shit written on the desks about me. By so, um, cool. you know, they've had a pretty torrid time since they commissioned that thing sort of three or four years ago. And um, basically, you, you know, the, the rising costs of um, – impacted on those margins. So they're shutting, they're suspending the open pit mining. Yep. Uh, I think at the end of June, end of July, still going on the underground till end of September. Um, and then basically treating low grade stockpiles, sort of five million tonnes. Yep. So what what the when you say rising costs, um, if you categorise them as in like like wages, diesel, like, like so, but just everything like uh, I, I think, or your big ones obviously been your diesel price that's yep. that's gone up, and especially where if you are on um you know using diesel for your you know for your power or and then in your trucks, so your big you know your large yep. open pit miner sort of thing. I remember when I covered Regis many years ago, you know they were using seventy five million litres of diesel a year. You know, and there's just nothing you can do about that. That oh, that's that, that's the reality. So, those sorts of businesses um, uh, certainly impact. You know, wages, inflation, uh, wages, cost pressure, where people are getting poached to go up to the iron ore mines. Price um, of lettuce. Price of lettuce. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bloody god! Yeah, it's on again. They don't mind a good uh, try of boiled cabbage up at work, so they should be all right. <laughs> Yeah, and the lettuce doesn't survive underground, so yeah, yeah, open bits. That's right. So, I mean, I mean Dacian did have some numbers out there on the cost inflation since sort of, I think, since the start of 21, and and it was pretty horrendous. I think it was 150% you know, increase in the diesel price, 70% um, in contractor pricing and all that because uh, they were trucking some of their ore to the central link. So, um, but you're right. I think the market will look very closely at these new, you know, the, the raft of quarterlies that will come through in 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 July, um, and you just suspect that uh, this is, you know, no one's going to be immune. It's just going to be, you know, the better operators should be able to manage it. But you know, if you're a contractor, you pass on the rise in fuel on your fuel prices, yep. on the diesel prices, and all that. So it's the one that's high cost marginal at the moment and not getting any, you know, debt laden. Um, and Dacian have sort of bitten the bullet early and said, no, this is the, you know, it's no use mining gold if we're not going to make any dough, which is absolutely correct. So um, it'll be interesting to see the effect like it has on, like, you know, it wouldn't take many mines to shut down to start putting you know, more people back into the industry. In the and they're like, yep. Don't drop my fucking wage, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that's what all that's, and that's yeah, where the absolutely. wage increase is coming from because of people availability. Yep. But I would, would not imagine that Dacian are uh, just the sole per, uh, company that mine is struggling out there. Yeah. I was just going to ask Andy the same question without putting you on the spot. But, you know, this other, is what this is all about. Yeah. So, <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> questions. And any other operations out there that? That you can think of that might be approaching that sort of marginal territory with this cost inflation? Um, um, oh, there's sort of ones that have been reasonably well flagged. I mean, or, or not reasonable. Things like Aurobanda that have had a tough yep. time um, yep. re re redeveloping at, um, yep. at, at, at Davyhurst. Uh, 
you know, Gascoigne, which sort of seems to have stabilised, yep. you know, their operations. King of the Hills, that's... Well, King of the Hills is interesting because they're commissioning as, as we speak yeah. now. So yeah. that's one that, you know, they've built the project, uh, you know, and, and it's all about how much uh, headroom they've got on their sort of liquidity in terms of the cash and the debt. Yep. Uh, Darlow's not making them any money and they're going to take the Darlow oil now and start trading that at, um, at the King of the Hills. I mean, some of the St. Barbara operations um, at Simbiri, which is in PNG and also over at Atlantic in Canada, yep. um, you know, a, a pretty high cost and even Gualia Depths, even though that's a pretty good ore body. So, um, you know, there are, it will be fascinating to see, yeah. uh, you know, the responses, you know, because that's really, you know, good management teams respond to this yep. um, and, and, and can manage it and if they've got good people and good culture and all those sorts of things. And, um, you know, some of them are unavoidable. Um, even your really good operators, I think, like Capricorn, um, who we rate really highly. Yeah. Um, you know, they will have cost increases because they're, you know, they, they move a lot of dirt. You know, it's a low-grade low ore body, um, but at, at, you know, 0.95 of a gram, um, you know, they'll put, their costs will be probably up 150 bucks an ounce, but yep. still be, you know, 1300 1250 $1,300, still generating pretty good margins. Yeah, for sure. And the Aussie dollar gold price for the Aussie dollar, you know, sort yeah. of below 70 US cents is, you know, pretty strong at the moment. Yep. And what I've been surprised at, we haven't seen more upside in the gold price with all this inflation uh, talked about out there and all this uncertainty in the The economy. digital gold. Might be the digital gold. That's <laughs> well, attracting all the well, punters. <laughs> that's gone. Now, let's speak digital gold. <laughs> well, it's, definitely, it's definitely not that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I sort of thought that, you know, we, we've seen a, this, uh, I suppose, uh, a, uh, strive to buy the US currency as a bit of a that's defensive right, yes. play mm-hmm. over and above gold. But if this continues and, and you know, inflation continues on rising for a period of time, you'd have to think the underlying gold price is going to yeah. get a kick along. Absolutely. I think the stronger US dollars probably curtailed it for the time being yeah. um, with, with just a flow of money into the... Uh, uh, into in, in the, in the US dollar, um, yep. but you've sort of seen Bitcoin basically halve over the weekend, and those sort, mm. you know, all that that whole crypto sort of what was what were the stats three bit three trillion dollars last year, now down to sub one yep. trillion. So when that sort of you know when people are looking for safe haven assets and all those sorts of things, where people used to say Bitcoins are you know a great hedge against inflation, well, it's certainly not. Um, well, yeah. I think the crypto is definitely the high inflation environment. People have got all the uh, yep. all the scomos. COVID money to spend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all going right. into things like crypto. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, as I said, we're not a tick on the world's ass, but no. bloody yeah. Um, what about the what about the bigwigs, iron ore? Um, the how's that old bloody? Is that are they feeling similar pressures, or is that a whole different oh, kettle no, of fish with BHP? Well, the iron and ore price has come off. Um, you know, it rallied back to sort of over one hundred and sixty bucks a ton, but the last week it's it's come off. Um, you know, it's down to sort of, I think it hit 112, 113 uh, a couple of days ago, really on the Chinese um, lockdown um, yep. c- coming through. But, I mean, those guys are producing at, you know, $15, $15 a tonne. And that'd be so, a lot less, yeah. I think there'd be fucking a lot of gas and uh, their electric trucks and yeah, all that sort and of things, the, aren't they? Yes. Well, less, there'd be less diesel That's consumption right. for what they do. Yeah, I mean, they're on the raw. But, but their cost, like, it's, it's really, for them, it's just a margin. You know, those, they all still make. Good money, you know, a shitload of money. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, but you have seen that the, the underlying, when the underlying commodity price comes off, the, the you know things like Fortescue were sort of eight ten percent yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know BHP got you know it's not often you see BHP down five percent in a day. They mm. got smacked. Um, so, but they'll all still make great money. There's no doubt about that. And even Rio, you know, in, um, commissioned their sort of first mine. Yep, new mine in the Pilbara the other day, sort of thing. Um, for about ten years, I think. You'd have to think the the China lockdown easing somewhat though is going to be supportive of you know their, their economy getting back on track and perhaps yep. you know their government introducing some stimulus measures which will all be supportive of the infrastructure spend and ultimately the iron ore price. So, yep. um, you know, I I, I think it will probably. You know, should remain relatively robust, and yep. and and the big boys' margins, you know, should continue to be That's strong. Right. I mean, everyone talks. Everyone says, "Oh, it's going to go back to fifty, sixty dollars a ton," but yep. it never seems to. No. Always, you know, even won the last um, slowdown in I think with November last year when it got down to sort of eighty-five, ninety dollars. It yep. quick, you know, quickly bounced off that. Um, you know, because there's really not a, you know, it is a big boys' game, and yeah, you know, I think. That, as 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 Weary said, once um, China opens up, we should see that bounce back a bit. Yep. yep. 
Right, before we go stock specific, yes. touch on the uh the 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 C word, copper. Um <laughs> but the the hundred thousand obviously Goldman's just like putting GST on everything. Everything's just fucking either zero <laughs> or massive. Um and we and we did talk about this in depth in the copper podcast we did yes. about the um future future Which no bloody, doubt everyone's listened to oh them. mate the bloody phone calls <laughs> i don't know about you uh yeah sorry if you got interrupted at cafes at lunch <laughs> yeah, all the time all right. but Very um if, if there's this like this big massive bloody prediction it's going to be a hundred thousand everyone thinks there's this big supply gap coming of needing six escondidas is it all priced in at the moment or what's what's your thoughts on this these wildish claims of getting to a hundred thousand <sighs> tenfold um, I think Goldman's have a history of of doing this similar to their lithium price forecast of sixteen thousand dollars. No doubt they shorted the shit out yeah, of every yeah, lithium correct. stock Absolutely. when they are. Oh, I mean, you might, yeah, you know, yeah. that, you know, they said oil oh, going to two hundred dollars a barrel, yeah. sort of thing. So it's that. Look, I, I mean, the reality is the copper price has fallen, probably, you know, peaked at sort of four ninety, you know, so it's already off sort of twenty five percent off its lows. But if you believe in the long term decarbonisation, electrifying of the world, then there is no doubt. The world needs a shitload more copper, and to incentivise new copper mines requires, you know, these prices, if not higher. You know, yeah. in my view, would be probably a fair bit higher. So- they're, they're they're probably their their ten to fifteen thousand dollars a ton prediction is a lot closer to the mark. Uh, you know, the, the hundred thousand bucks a yeah. ton. Yeah, it wasn't a fucking typo, was yeah, it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's yeah. just it's, uh, for all this. It's just getting attention. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, they certainly like, got like, that. You know, the, yeah, that's right. So yeah. people go, um, shit. You know, like. Yeah. Telling their clients like we, we think copper's going could go to a hundred thousand bucks a ton. Here's your copper exposure. Yeah, you yeah, know, sort of thing. So, look, um, you what, never you never say never, but um, yeah, well, what like that South South American landscape, the big porphyry bloody um, area where all the big shit is. Yeah, um, what like Rio and BHP? I should have they got stuff on the bloody guy like they'd have to have a pretty good idea where the next escondidas are uh is there shitload of exploration going on over there or um look what you know we don't to be fair we don't cover bhp and Rio. In, oh yeah they don't tell you anything do also they, they don't tell you but I, I think i was discussing in the copper podcast you know the rico rico dick project up in pakistan so that's one of these massive porphyries that they're talking about might be sort of require seven or eight billion dollars of capital mm. um so I think they, they certainly know, you know, where all the big deposits are and have an idea on them. You know, with all of these ones, it comes down to the capital intensity and, um, you know, your returns ultimately. I mean, you've got this little uh, reasonable size company, Solgold, that had this discovery in, um, in uh, Ecuador, um, the, the Cascabel project, which I think, you know, off the top, you know, it's like three billion tonnes um, of resources sort of thing, but their capital cost is a couple of billion sort of thing at least. Yep. Um, you know, similarly, you know, Rio in, um, you know, in Mongolia with, with Oyotoyo, you know, that's got expansion, can, can expand that. So, um, yeah, the, it's certainly there, but for them it's it's allocating capital to what's going to yep. give them the best return. Are you nominating yourself for the Rico Dick side <laughs> tour? For the last time I checked it was uh, on the in Pakistan on the border of Iran and Iraq or something. <laughs> oh, I've heard if you just mentioned any famous cricketer, you can get yourself out <laughs> yeah, of shit because yeah, they love right. cricket over yeah. there. Uh, so no, what was the other one? Is it Cole Pio, uh, the, the explorer that's getting the – just went up shitloads the other week, getting the copper hits in South America? Oh yeah, the yeah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Copa, yeah, in uh, Chile was it Chile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Colpio. Colpio, Colpio, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks some, but that, know. but that's the thing. Like as we discussed, in thing, it's not like you can go chase a little narrow gold vein. Like you need a fucking big deposit to make it all make a difference. Worth, you yeah, worthwhile to bloody get something happening. Well, that's right. And, and for a junior, it's hard. You know, it's hard work, which is why you know you look in Australia. There's what probably half a dozen actual copper producers. Mm. Like, well, you got Oz Minerals, 29 Metals, like those in yeah, big Sandfire, bloody. Yeah, Sandfire. Um, well, they're and, pretty and much fucked it, off Australia. Yeah. 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 So there's really not that, uh, um, you know, that sort of mid-cap bunch where, you know, that, that you can see growing into that, the, you know, the next one really. Yeah. It sort of rapidly declines down to junior exploration in in WA anyhow, uh, and Australia for that matter. You know, you go a fair way down the food chain where 
uh, these guys, junior explorers, are sort of out there, might have had a few sniffs, but it's a long way from being a mine, mm. let alone a resource for that matter. Yeah, and, right. and we own a few of them, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's go, bloody, who's in the news this week? For sort of like, has anyone got any positive news? It doesn't matter if they've got positive news, they're not going <laughs> up anyway. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, just on, on the uh, – you know, positive news hasn't necessarily been met with positive share price movement. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and, and as you're aware, I, I, I write a little piece called Chieftain Chatter every week and we do sort of uh, have a little section in there where we do cover off on uh, some of the juniors and what they're up to. And it's fair to say, you know, selectively uh, good results have, uh, um, you know, had little impact on share prices as we've gone through this period. And you saw, uh, and Andy, you know this better than I, but West African Resources had some, you know, good results from their MV3 project, um, which uh, sort of highlighted mineralisation over 800 metres, uh, which is uh, located near their current mine. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think, the sh- you know, they're a producer, obviously, but, you know, there, there were some pretty chunky results in there, 15 metres at 58 14 at 3.5, uh, 24 at 2.1, you know, it's good results and and close to their existing production facility, yet I don't think the share price got a heartbeat. I think the share price went down. Uh, yeah. After that. Maybe yeah. they've got to look at, like, you know, when the commodities, uh, everything goes back up, it's like an Instagram repost. Like, <laughs> just, right. just a reminder <laughs> about this result we put out a while back. Well, well, <laughs> it's, it's funny, a, a, another uh, recently listed um, uh, uh little uh, company that had a uranium deposit actually in uh, uh, Oregon in the US um, came out with some lithium results which is uh, 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 lies above their uranium deposit and uh, uh, again the core that they took that uh, those samples from was back in 2011 and they've gone and assayed them and come out with some good lithium hits but again you know the stock just held its ground in, in the current market that we're in so mm. Um, yeah, they're pretty few and far between. There has been a few copper results that have hit the market that, you know, have had sort of short, short-term short uh, uh, sugar hits on their share price. But, uh, yeah, it's been one of those periods where, you know, we've seen the liquidity in the junior explorers has really dried up. And another segment I do in here, as you know, Matt, is uh, uh, who's shaking the tin. Uh, we were only talking to a couple of junior explorers of which, uh, we're shareholders of and, and you know, just asking what their burn rate is on a quarterly basis and how much cash they've got and how long it's going to last. And it's fair to say a few of these guys haven't recognised the environment out there, that it's it's not only tough but it's going to get tougher. And, that, you know, there's been a shitload of money raised for junior resources and, you know, there's still a, a legacy amount of IPOs uh, coming on the market which got their money just pre-shit uh, hitting the fan. Um, but these guys that are getting low on capital that are, are going to be, you know, shaking the tin, as we say, uh, are going to be up against some, uh, uh, I think, a pretty torrid time ahead to get that capital uh, to satisfy their exploration endeavours. So I've seen that um, segment of our little publication uh, shrink significantly what do you reckon it peaked at? Sort of probably twenty or something. Right? A, a companies a week raising yeah. for us, yeah, and that's junior companies in the resources sector. That you know, yeah. that's uh, uh, you know, we we also uh, cover the producers, obviously, and and uh, developers. But there there were IPOs being rolled out one after the other. Junior explorers raising big chunks of money, and now they're all going to have to have a serious look at their. Uh, uh, director's fees and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and their lunch budgets. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, and and I reckon a lot of them will be late to the party. And uh, that you know, this time next year, there could be a lot of shells out there yeah. that uh, the scavengers come out and look to acquire and reinvent because. Uh, uh, I can see it being pretty tough out yeah. there in oh, junior. You, you might have a second se- segment of like who needs to shake the tin. <laughs> It'll be like who's got no money and, and needs to bloody get it. Very true. And yeah. I'll, um, I'll take payments from uh, any companies that don't want to be mentioned if you are <laughs> uh, purely on a credit basis. Yeah. So um, I guess as a to inform the listeners, discuss the impact of this, uh, the whole pretty much the whole share market downturn. Yep. 
when companies do need to raise money, the effect that has on, you'd say, bang for buck and why it is oh, very I, bad for companies that really need to raise money now. Well, it's, it's as, as we said, we've had you know, two, two, two and a half years of sort of where the, 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 the equity markets have been on. You could raise capital for anything. So I think a lot of companies have got into that. They think it's just like an ATM. Oh, we run out. I'll just go and you know, tap the market Oh, again. and you can raise it at a premium oh, if absolutely. your stock code's DVP. And all that. So, so, so <laughs> what, what happens in this, the next cycle is even if you do have results out, like at, 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 and – and they're good results, you know, all going well. It's just a liquidity event. So stale shareholders just sell into that and it's like an ever-increasing death spiral. So it's it's a really, really tough environment and I've seen it, you know, in quite a few cycles before where, you know, the, the best companies cut early and conserve cash with a view that there is no use exploring or putting out news if we're not going to get rewarded for it sort of thing. And, that, and that's, you know... I think that's certainly the cycle that we're going into. Um, there might be bumps along the way. If you've got genuine exploration, and I, and I always say, you know, good comp- you know, if good projects will always find find money, but you know, moose pasture in the back of a you know a tired old project at the back of Mekathara, like forget it. Like those, I think those days are queue in the rack type stuff, and then it, then it gets on to well tying you know a couple of juniors together. Um, you know, I mean, Argonaut did a piece last year. I think there are hundred and 50 IPOs yep. or something, um, and of that, uh, you know, just in the just in the year, and and they just talk about the asset quality, which I completely agree. You know, the things that two years before you couldn't list on, on a couple of ELs and at the back of some concept play, we're now getting listed and raising money, and you know, and that's great for the exploration. But we have it. What we need to now see is the is is that money being spent on the ground translate to to discoveries because that's what really excites the market. You've seen. What happens with Degray? You know when Degray made the, you know their, their their discovery at Hemi and stuff like that, and that's now ten million ounces. You know the exploration activity and that, and that's what really drives drives the market. And, it's and a, so it's a people, confidence driven game yeah. at the end of the day. And as like golf, isn't it? Yeah, like, oh. like, yeah when you're hitting them well, shit of a game. <laughs> Ruins a good walk, I reckon. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, at, at the end of the day. Andy makes a good point because. If you look Thank you, at a, <laughs> first time for everything, I've got that recorded, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Uh, no, but if you look at a, a particular region um, uh, where there is a bunch of junior explorers, and you you look at the admin costs of running those companies, the projects you've got that, that they have, there just makes a lot of sense for consolidation of these junior about, companies. About the asses, yeah. And and it's literally. Um, when you look at the amount of snouts in the trough, um, uh, which has been kind. Um, <laughs> I, I hate to say what not kind is. <laughs> <laughs> you should see a massive consolidation in, 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 in a lot of these uh, uh, of these junior explorers over time. And I think a lot of them will be forced because they just won't be able to raise the capital. So one company might have a good project, another company might have a bit of capital, merger of equals, and, you know, you might pull a half-decent company out of it, but also just re- reduce that overhead. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we are to go into a, you know, and perhaps we're being a bit doom and gloom, you've got to take into account we are heading into June 30, which is particularly... Always tax loss. Yeah, yep. always got that, uh, you know, baby out with the bathwater and, you know, get rid of the shit that you hold in your portfolio <laughs> and, and reset. <laughs> and it might just be a case from the market's perspective that... This next three weeks just plays itself out. You get another rate rise in the US in early July and, you, you know, you, you might start to see where there's some sort of, you know, some positive signs out there where yeah. a bit of confidence may be um, fall back into the market. Shit, we've had a, you know, significant correction and, and things pick up again. But I call that the suckers rally before the shit really hits the fan <laughs> and it goes again. So, um, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm bearish. Is it, is it a bit like when the Eagles sort of turn it on in the third quarter, you know, going <laughs> behind behind at half time, come out three quarter time, and then you know, coming from Eagles coming are, from a North Melbourne supporter, <laughs> I think that's a bit rich. <laughs> the, the Eagles, the Eagles are, I guess you'd say, Mate, a bit we're of ahead an of investing you at the metaphor at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was about to ask that because you had um, the news the other week, Goldfields. Looking to acquire is it Yamana? In- yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like, there's obviously that's a six point four billion dollar. They're merger. obviously yeah, on the bigger, yeah. the bigger side. But is that? Do you think that's going to be? 
on the both on the, I guess your explorer sides yeah. and even the bigger sides, looking the consolidation, looking to drop overall costings yeah. by uh, by that means. Is that yeah. you're going to see a bit more of that? You oh, I think so. And you saw a little one with B two B Gold acquiring um. um Oclo Resources, yep. they both, you know, B2B is a sort of a million ounce producer and Oclo's got a project in Mali um, and which B2B operate in there, they own the Fakola mine sort of thing. So that was a, for them, it's a, I think it's a 70 or $80 million type transaction. Yep. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think we will see, if, uh, you know, the the opportunistic corporates, the good corporates, um, you know, will we'll use their paper um, if they've got currency in their paper to go and do some to do some deals sort of thing. And you're seeing a couple of, you know, sort of small juniors that are getting to the point where they're completing feasibility studies or they're doing PFSs where they'll be able to demonstrate, you know, this is the project. Um, the next trick will be, you know, how, how do we fund it? Um, you know, is it going to be your traditional sort of 70, 30 debt equity or do you need more equity? Um, or, 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 is, or does it make more sense to tie it with a, with a producer that's already, you know, 200,000 ounces, you know, takes them to 300,000 ounces. So I think... You know, there is merit on some of those um, uh, things that will, I think they definitely play out over the next... Yeah, consolidation uh, is, uh, you know, the M&A activity we think, you know, it's, it's got to pick up. And where you've got those companies that might have a resource, you know, they might have, been, and have perhaps done a PFS, well, then they've got to fund a DFS and then they've got to fund a BFS and then they've got to fund development. So yeah. um, all that is time and money, which a lot of these companies aren't going to have. So logically, I think that probably uh, leads to M&A activity in the sector across all the commodities that we're associated with. And it's a healthy thing at the end of the day because yeah. it means some of these projects will actually be be uh, uh, developed and uh uh, yeah, we'll we, we, you know fill that supply gap that's obviously vacant in some commodities. Mm. Jane McClay might be able to take a bloody holiday soon. Well, yeah, all these bloody feasibility studies will be drying up. Jesus, she's be able to go to the bloody Maldives or something. Yeah, he's been pumping out. <laughs> Probably there now. Yeah. <laughs> on, on his way back from PDAC, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, see, yeah. everyone's got their bloody mug over there. He didn't get a bait. Eh? We'll go cover it next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll get a booth. We'll go live. Bloody, uh, explain the. We, I know we talked about Firefinch last yes. time you are in, the yep. whole demerger side of things. Give us yep. a bloody spiel on what happened there. Not everyone's thinking they went down 60%. but No, no, um, no. So so they basically um, uh, spun off their um, Leolithium, yep. uh, which which was was um, combined into Firefinch before sort of thing. No. Mm -hmm. so that, and Leolithium is, is going to list on uh, Thursday. And they raised $100 million on the back of it. So if you're a Firefinch shareholder, for every 1.4 Firefinch you held, you got one Leo Lithium. Uh, and, and then you had an entitlement to buy some more uh, at 70 yep. cents, sort of thing. So they, when they, you know, their price dropped from 95 cents to, I think, 35 cents, so the, the effective um, in specie distribution of your Leo Lithium shares was, was 50 cents. Yep. Um, since then, you know, with the market weakness, Firefinch has sort of traded down into the mid-20s. Um, you know, that they will still hold 20% of Leo Lithium when it lists, but it'd be fascinating because Leo Lithium's listing Thursday and in that sort of preceding time, you've had, you know, this market volatility. Um, I think previously the, you could probably expect it to come on at a premium, um, whereas I think now, I think if they come, you know, list at their issue price, that will be a, you know, be a good result. Yeah. And also, Andy, for Firefinch, you know, with their development phase that they're going through yeah. with Marilla, that sort of pretty capital-intensive phase yeah. that they're going through. Yeah, um, that's what's right. What's the outlook there and what's their sort of production profile if it all yeah. goes well? Oh, I mean, Please, you ask good questions. I want to park, put my fucking feet up here. This is sensational. <laughs> Do you want to be no. Yeah. <laughs> no, so they're originally, like, you know, they're planning, they are currently, you know, uh, mining their... Uh, Cut back at uh, at Marilla yep. with, with the aim to get down. Well, they've dewatered it, and they're sort of maintaining their production this year. Um, certainly, second half way to this calendar year at about a hundred thousand ounces, yep. and then looking to increase that to one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand ounces. Um, you know, they started off on the satellites, or they originally started off on retreating some old tailings, um, sort of thing. Um, so, but they've got a big mill there, four and a half million tons. Um, but as you said, you know they do that. They, they they are going through a capital intensive phase at the moment. Yep. 
Um, I think they'll look to put out sort of some guidance on, you know, your capital, just not just sustaining, but also your growth capital required for, to, to do that. But, you know, you fast forward a year and they should be sort of, you know, 150,000 ounces at, you know, an all-in cost, say, probably circa, um, you know, US, you know, 11, 1200 yep. in, in that range. I think Canaccord's got those sort of sort of numbers out there and, you know, can be spinning off, um, you know, a hell of a lot of cash. It's just, you know, the, at the moment they are through that capital intensive uh, or spending capital. They're a cash um, cash burner rather than a cash yeah, uh, for sure. generative. Has, has it been uh, detrimental, do you think, to Five Finch that they haven't given guidance on where they're heading in um, that regard or are they just at that phase where it's difficult oh, for them to give accurate it, guidance? It, yeah, it's probably a combination because they have been ramping up and yep. they've, I think – you know, they've had a lot on their plate in terms of the whole demerger with Leo Lithium and just doing doing the work to actually get that guidance out there, you know, yep. it does require a lot. And you want to, you want to obviously, the guidance you give, you want to be sure that you can hit. There's yep. no use putting out guidance and you miss that and you get absolutely slaughtered in the market. So I think um, they, they're certainly cognizant of that fact. I think Michael's... Um, uh, Mickey Anderson's done a terrific job, and I sure. think yep. I, I think you know that that will come in due course. But I think there's been quite a few moving parts in terms of the satellite operations, yep. uh, and and what's what's the optimum way to attack attack the um, you know the the main pit at Marilla, yep. uh, along with ongoing drilling as well. So they will be putting out, I think, an updated life of mine plan uh, in Q3 this year, sort of yep. thing, which should wrap some more numbers around. Uh, around it, but you know, you look at it, and the stock has, you know, Five Finch has been hammered. They'll still own twenty percent of Leo Lithium, yeah. so you'd have yep. to suggest that you know, twenty low twenties, um, if you're a long term investor, looks reasonable value. Yeah. Well, hopefully their flight, their opening day is a bit better than is it Crisis Crisis C seven nine floated at um Crisis or in Crisis. It was a Crisis floated at six fifty at four bucks or something, and they're three seventy nine, so they're nearly half of their um. Yeah. Issue price. So no, nah, there's well, yeah, there's been a couple of um, well, the smaller ones that have come on recently that oh. um, I thought saw this little um APS silica sands project. That's, okay, yeah, that that, that that you know that's sort of half from IPO, and and it's just it's just it's classic market cycles where you know three three months ago, yeah, I'll take anything because it will list at a premium, whereas now yep. it's just that market reticence. Yeah, a lot of those twenty cent IPOs, Matt, are all coming on at a discount. You know. Uh, so that that fizz has totally gone out of the market for you know what could be an extended period. So um, yeah, that the IPOs in waiting um, that are, are coming on, uh, we're all seeing coming on below their par uh, price. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting how Leo Lithium goes. You know, it's a good project. They've got a fantastic partner in Gang Feng. So um, it's in a commodity that uh, is in hot demand. Yep. So, and, and it is a it's a great project. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it will be, but my only sort of thought process is you know, people are getting free shares for five, sure. Five, five yeah. inch. So in this yeah. market, yep. Um, and I did see there's twelve twelve and a half thousand shareholders. Gee. They just put out their top twenty yep. today. So it's like they. So, but having said that, you know they raised a hundred million dollars. You know the big institutional market has um, obviously supported them, um, and it is a good project, as you said, with good partner and. Simon Hay running it that, you know, comes very well credentialed yeah. from Galaxy. So I think that project, um, you know, it, it's a cut above, yes. you know, compared to the other sort of run-of-the-mill exploration shite that we're seeing come well, on. Well, this is a, a development project now. They've done the DFS. Yeah. They funded it. You know, this is, this is for their development fund. Yep. So... And they got the cash. And they got the cash yep. to do that. I gather these IPOs, it's not like Bunnings or Harvey Norman. You can't go get a refund before the, <laughs> the day, the, just before they open, because I reckon there'd be a few investors. Well, I reckon there might be a few that struggle to get to the line. I was only looking at a list of uh, uh, junior IPOs that are due to list, and I reckon a lot of them will will struggle to get their cash. Yep. So yeah. uh, they will be forced to return what they have taken. Which means someone gets left with carrying the bag with cost of prospectus. You know, it's usually the whoever's put in the seed, but they 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 get left with the you know the burden of uh, funding the prospectus prospectus and all the bloody legals that go with that. Oh, yeah, mate. And, Can and, you put a finger on how much a bloody that process would cost for an IPO? Yeah, it's or? a minimum of a half a million bucks these Is that days, right? Matt. Jesus yeah, Christ. yeah. So. Um, you know the lawyers aren't shy, um, <laughs> and, and uh, the, the, the brokers take their cut. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of these companies, I, I reckon, won't get to market 
because uh, they simply won't be able to raise that final 20 cent market to get the IPO away. So they'll be shelved. Mm. Yeah. Oh, they're bloody, yeah, the lawyers had offices aren't in Midland for a reason, are they? So, like, the, 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 the only thing you can do, you know, rather than a refund, you can whinge to your broker that uh, normally has a pretty thick skin. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll take that, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, play on. Yeah. Have we bloody missed any positive news or anything, <laughs> lads? Or bloody, well, yeah, it's, it, good. It's, it's, a, it's a bit limited out there. Like I, I sort of look at all the macroeconomic stuff and uh, – um, the, the, the only saving grace I can sort of see, um, and, and we, um, we buy in some research from a, 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 a strategist guy, uh, Craig Ferguson from Antipodean Capital, and he, he's been bearish for some time. But the one thing, the US consumer was given, you know, basically a free kick during stimulus. Everyone was given free money. Mm. So uh, consumer spending in the US, although it's on the slide, uh, savings in the US are quite high. So if consumer spending, you know, they can get through this, and, and the figures haven't been, uh, the recent data hasn't been disastrous by any stretch of the imagination. And despite, you know, everyone going out and lowering their forecasts for global growth, etc., the US consumer is a powerful individual and they've been given a lot of free money and the smart ones that have held on to it um, may just, you know, carry the uh, US economy through this cycle where, you know, they'll still get a, a fairly, uh, they'll move into a recessionary trend, but as I said earlier, it'll be short and sharp. So, um yeah, it's you know, and look, commodity prices across the board. Yes, they've come off a bit. You know, um, the traditional metals that we deal in, you know, copper, zinc, um, nickel, nickel um, plus the EV metals, yep. um, are are all still holding up really well. And you know, you've you, you, obviously the one thing that has weighed on inflation has been the oil price. You know, that's that's even starting to sort of soften a little bit. It's still 110 bucks a barrel. But, uh, um, you know, if you start to see um, especially energy prices start to subside, um, you know, that's going to be a real kicker for the economy because it'll be reflected in the inflation numbers. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So not all shits, Phil. Um, get, get you uh, my recommendation for everyone: get the Seven Eleven app and lock in a lower fuel price. You bloody save a fortune there. Is that right? Yeah, Seven Eleven. Oh. You can lock in cheaper fuel. It's on the app when oh, you scan Jesus. your barcode. <laughs> Mate, yeah, look, it's no stock tip, but it's a bloody uh, yeah, good for the mums and dads out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Cheers, lads. Uh, is that bloody? That's pretty much all. Well, that was is, is, uh, extremely successful first uh, <laughs> episode of Channel Mine News. <laughs> And we'll be back for another one pretty bloody soon. And look, look, the frequency, everyone, is based on uh, bloody listener demand. So if you want more, I'll uh, con them into it. So. Yeah, no, we're, we're happy we're, to... Uh, we're easily bought with a couple of beers, mate. Yeah, so. that's right. We're, we're cheap. <laughs> uh, but I, I reckon it's going to be a case of... Uh, you know, when there's a significant change in, um, you, know, you know, the outlook or, or the share market, that's when we can come in and perhaps give our angle as to where we think from here. And, you know, I'd have to say at the moment, I think we're in for a bit of a rocky road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, good on you, gents. Oh, Thank you very cheers. much. No, thanks, thanks, Matt. Matt.